0: Welcome back to the Locked On Marlins podcast. Hope everybody's still hanging in there. It's feeling a little bit like solitary confinement at this point, but trying to stay busy. have been looking back and reflecting. With the sports world at a halt, there's not much of a choice but to look back. And that's kind of a unique opportunity. It depends how you look at it, because typically we're distracted by the present, distracted by what the present implicates for the future, but now there's nothing going on. So if you wanna enjoy some sports, odds are you're gonna to have to look back. And it's allowed me to look back at some of my favorite Marlins teams after 2003. I loved the 05 team, even though that might be one of the most disappointing teams in Marlins history with how much talent they had. And then of course the 08, 09 teams that really flirted with a wild card spot. That's some of my favorite teams to just look back on and remember how fun that was for a kid that was so desperately wanting his team to be competitive. And 08, 09 was as close as the Marlins had been since 2003. And that was a blast for me. I mean, I remember talking about Manny Ramirez potentially coming to the Marlins, and I'm pretty sure the guy that broke up the deal was uh, Mike Stanton. No, no, no chance the Marlins were giving up Mike Stanton for an aging Manny Ramirez, and it was the right move for the fish. But just crazy to look back at how different the times were. But now we're moving forward, and there's a bunch of young players coming up, and I'm hoping that there'll be a 12, 13 year old kid just like me that will enjoy watching these young players in a couple years, just like I did with Dan Ugla, Hanley Ramirez, and all those other guys in 2008, 2009. So this episode's going to be a little bit different. I'm not necessarily going to throw the ads in the middle and all the things that you typically have to do in a regular episode because this is a special one. I really want to make a tribute to my father who passed away three years ago today. If some of you have followed Fish Stripes for a while or follow my personal Twitter and have read the story pinned at the top of my account, you might know about my story with my father about how we were trying to go to all 30 baseball stadiums. We only made it to 22 before he passed away suddenly of a heart attack my freshman year of college. And in that story, uh, as you've probably, if you have read it or if you have not, I would really, it means so much to me when people take the time to read it because honestly, initially, it was really just for me and my family. I didn't really plan on publishing it. It was more just therapeutic for me. And once I wrote out the rough draft, kind of, I had some friends and family that were like, you need to publish this thing. And so when they said that, I was thinking, you know, who really cares about this, though? You know, it's my story. I know my family and friends would care, but why would the general public care? It's just a baseball story and more even specific. It has a lot of Marlins stuff in it. So Marlins fans is not a huge broad audience for such a personal story like that. And I was a little bit on the fence, but as I went back and edited it and got ready to publish it, I realized that even though the story is totally centered around baseball, it wasn't really about baseball. And it didn't really happen totally for me to realize that until I started to get feedback from people that never really cared about the sport of baseball or sports in general. And they were the ones that came away with something from the story. And that's when I realized like, hey, I don't know if you totally intended this, but you actually might've done something more than you thought is what I told myself. And it felt really good because I had people telling me, you know, this reminded me that what kind of father I wanna be. And that's exactly the most incredible outcome I could have had from it. And because it, it doesn't have to be baseball, right? we can use whatever medium we want to be close to the ones that we love. I'm sure so many people that are close to their mothers, fathers, grandfathers that have that special connection, there is a bridge that connects you to something you love that you share in common, that you'll look back and say, oh, we always did this. We always did that. It's just human nature. And when you really care about somebody, you're going to find it. There's got to be some sort of common interest that you share with that person. And then you will use that to be the bridge between you two. And for me, it was baseball. And I know for a lot of people, and especially people listening to this podcast or that read Fist Stripes, or that just follow me on Twitter just to shoot the shit about baseball, it's because that is their avenue to their loved ones, their friends, what, whoever it may be. And that's really what it's all about. And like I said, it doesn't have to be baseball. But in this context, baseball is what connects me to my father. It keeps me connected to my father. And it always has since I was five years old. You know, I have some memories of the earliest Marlins games because this is what's allowed me to look back on. And I wrote about some of them in the story. You know, some of my favorite baseball memories, but if you notice something in the story, a lot of the games that I talk about were just normal regular nothing games by that I mean nothing really that special happened in terms of what happened on the field. It wasn't a big playoff game besides the World Series game I reference it wasn't this record breaking game or a no-hitter or this or that. It was just a game with my dad. And those are the games that when I look back, those are the memories that I have. Of course I remember being at Joe Robbie, Pro Player, Land Sharks at whatever the stadium was, it kind of changed with the seasons at that point. But I remember being at the old Marlins Stadium and for games like Ken Griffey Jr.'s 600th home run that was incredible an amazing memory or the Cody Ross walk-off three run shot against the Reds when the Marlins were down two Jeremy Hermita's grand slam in his debut these are games that I will always remember of course and Barry Bonds his 300 or 300 754th home run off of my man Rick Vandenherk I mean those are things I will of course always remember but I remember those as just what I saw on the field right that's more of like a a personal, individual memory. But those the real memories I have with my dad were the games where I wasn't geared up for a 600th home run. I wasn't geared up for a 754th home run. I didn't realize that a no-hitter was being twirled in the sixth inning by Bal Sanchez or Henderson Alvarez. Those games are special. And of course, I will always remember those. But the amazing thing about baseball and about going to a game with a friend or someone you love is that you can have an incredible memory, and you probably will And one of the games you go to, when nothing that special happens on the field. And that is the beautiful thing about the sport. And that's the thing that makes me a little bit upset when you think about how many games are not going to be played this year, depending on how they decide to handle it. But every season is several thousand games, if you combine all the teams that are playing, for... Kids to just make memories with their dad or mom or grandfather, grandmother, or just friends to make memories together. And there's not something special that happens every single game on the field, but it's what happens with the time you spend with somebody next to you. And those are the things that just make the game so special. And when I look back on it, that's what really resonates with me about my father and the games that we went to. Uh, Some of the memories I have, I couldn't even tell you what happened on the field. It was just all about what happened with us in our seats and the conversations we had and the people we met and just everything that happens in the ballpark. I remember it didn't matter what was happening. If the Marlins won or lost, of course I was very upset when the Marlins lost as a kid. But when I walked through that tunnel and the green grass opened up in front of me, That game was a win. It didn't matter. Even if the Marlins lost, I was happy I went. And the fact that I could always say, hey, Dad, can we go to the game? And nine times out of ten, he'd say, let's go. And it wasn't like we lived around the corner. I grew up in Fort Lauderdale. It was always about a 30-minute drive. And then in the new park, 45 minutes, not going to get into the location of the new park because that is going to make me angry and take away from this uh, conversation that makes me quite happy. But it was a tough drive after that. But still, my dad, if I asked, we were going, barring something crazy with business or whatever he had going on. And that's just what it's all about. And I know he loved baseball. He was the one that put a bat in my hands right around when I could walk. But I think he had the same thing with me. It was just he loved baseball with me. And that's what makes it just so incredible. But our shared love for baseball extended beyond just going to the Marlins games, the big thing that we enjoyed collecting was baseball cards. That was another thing. Even when I was in college for the first two semester and a half before he passed away, we were always talking about what the next baseball card we were going to buy was going to be. I was very into the vintage baseball cards, the old from the early 1900s. If you're familiar, like the T206s, which were the cards that came in the cigar, cigarette packs, or the goudies that came in gum bubble gum packs and you can see some of the bubble gum marks on some of the cards still from 1933 that was the stuff i was into which was kind of weird for a kid but again i think it was my dad that just made me appreciate those vintage cards at a young age and so after school often if i got some good grades which probably didn't happen as frequently as it should have my dad would take me to a baseball card shop that was on the way home and let me take a pick of whatever card I wanted. Uh, And being a third grader at the time, I usually would gravitate towards the Alex Rodriguez's, Miguel Cabrera's, those type of cards. And those were the ones I liked because those were the players I I admired. But this time I walk in and one card just jumps out to me right away. It's by itself on just this shelf all alone. And it didn't have a picture as all the other ones. It was like a painting, right? And it was a smaller card than usual. It was a Ty Cobb card, a T206. And I knew Ty Cobb. I loved all the old players. And so I said, Dad, 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 I like this one. I like this one. And he looks at it and he goes, Oh, yeah, that's a good choice, son. But uh, let me steer you over here. Because if you're unfamiliar with baseball cards, The T206 Ty Cobb card is a few thousand dollars, depending on condition can be tens of thousands of dollars. That one was a medium condition and it was listed, if I remember correctly, north of $1,500. So my dad's like, how about these cards over here that were about 50 bucks a pop? And usually you could barter with this guy and get him to uh, go a little bit cheaper, but I don't think there was bartering $1,500 to $50. So I picked out some Sammy Sosa glittery baseball card that was anytime I saw a number like 24 out of 1500 I thought it was the coolest thing ever so I picked that one out and I go into the car happy is a clam didn't think much of it but I definitely was still thinking about that Ty Cobb card like man what do I have to do to get one of those I have a few gift cards I had a like $50 gift card another $25 gift card I was like maybe if I get a bunch of these I could buy myself that Ty Cobb card my dad when we were in the car goes back into the store letting me know like oh, I forgot something just hold back in the car. So he goes back in the store and I don't think much of it. I'm just sitting in the car waiting for him but it takes about 5-10 minutes and I was just like okay well what's going on here? <laughs> well where are you? But he comes back in and he doesn't say anything and he just says alright let's go home. So we go home and from time to time over the next few years I would think about that Ty Cobb card and. Just about a year later, that store had actually closed, and so I became even more stuck on it. You know, are there other Ty Cobb cards out there? Maybe there's one that's just in worse condition that I'll be able to afford, or maybe I can just keep saving up and I'll get it. And I thought about it up until fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, as I got older and older, and I continued to collect baseball cards, my dad and I really got into more vintage cards, and we were hoping to collect all of the Hall of Famers, which is a really steep goal, but we were going for it. and. So we would go for more the 50s, 60s, guys that were easier to attain. But then sometimes we got into those 1933s, the T206s and the early 1900 cards, but not all of them were Ty Cobb, So they were not as expensive and more attainable. But again, I was still fixated even into my teens as I got older, just on that Ty Cobb card. That was like the Holy Grail, the one I wanted. And I'll never forget, I am about to graduate high school and my dad hands me a box and says congratulations it was about a day before graduation and it's a watch box my dad was also a watch collector he was a collector of collecting things but he hands me a watch box and i figure oh man he's handing me down one of his watches i open it up and there it is it's the ty cobb card and i knew right away it was the exact ty cobb card From that store that had closed over a decade prior my dad went back into the store he told me he bought the card because the guy had said I'm closing soon Uh, he didn't want to say it in front of me but the owner said I'm closing soon and I'll give you a deal on that card My dad didn't tell me how much he spent but he said he ponied up and he figured he was gonna hold on to that because he never knew when he'd see the card again and he would give it to me on a special day he held on to that card for 12 years and just held on to it didn't say a word to me just so he could give it to me at my high school graduation and the look on my face was probably all he wanted that over a decade holding on to that card that was all he wanted and those are the things that I'll hold on to forever that card every time I look at it that's all I can think of and that is just the type of man my father was, the type of connection we shared, and what made baseball and what will always make baseball so special to me. As I'm now set to graduate college and continue pursuing a career in baseball, covering baseball, doing play-by-play, writing, and doing these podcasts, I reflect and I realize that I would not be on this career path if it weren't for my father. And every day I do something, whether it was last summer doing play-by-play, this summer, I was set to do play-by-play for the Jupiter Hammerheads, which hopefully I'll be doing pretty soon, and I'm very excited about. Every day, I do these podcasts, or I write a story, or I write an opinion piece, or I do play-by-play for baseball. I don't feel like I'm working for a second, and it's because my dad steered me in the direction of doing what I love. And as a business guy, I, my father was, I always thought that he would want me to follow in his footsteps, continue his business, or be a business guy myself, go to business school somewhere and you know, just do that. But when I told him I wanted a career in baseball after I couldn't play anymore, he said, let's do it. And I'll never forget that. His support, despite the fact that he might've wanted me to go in a business direction, it's definitely more financially desirable, but he didn't bat an eye and he was so supportive of me. And where I am now, where I'm hoping to be soon, and where I aim to be in the long term. I just wish that he was here to see this, to listen to these podcasts, to listen to my play-by-play, but I wouldn't be here without him. And I use every day of this work to be connected with him, and he is my driving force. So I wanna thank all of you for always listening, for giving me a platform, and giving me an outlet to pursue our dream my me and my father's dream of having a career in baseball and making an impact on the game of baseball because that is my ultimate goal in life and i hope to continue to climb and make it to where i know my dad would have been proud so thank you all for always giving me a listen and for engaging with me on twitter reading my articles and i hope to continue to share baseball with you guys along the way I'm eternally grateful for you and of course the biggest thanks thanks to my father the the man who showed up to my baseball practices in his dress shirt and dress shoes and still hit me ground balls and the guy who took me to every game the guy who showed me the game of baseball and I hope that you all show your loved ones the game of baseball down the line and share it with them or share anything you love with the people you love, because that's what it's all about. One thought I want to leave you all with is a little bit of just in summary of what I was saying in the first half is we all want to see that special game where the walk-off home run is hit or the no-hitter is thrown or the record-breaking home run. Of course, we all want to see that game. But the reality is the hundreds and hundreds of games you go to most of them aren't going to be record-breaking or the most incredible baseball game of the year. But the thing is, if you go with a loved one and you share that game with someone you care about, you already won. I would do anything to watch one more baseball game. It could be a one ball game where the Marlins lose and pick up two hits. <laughs> I would do anything to watch another game like that with my dad rather than all the no-hitters and all the walk-offs in the world by myself. And that's the big thing that baseball is all about. It's about who you share it with. What happens on the field is just icing on the cake. But if you're watching the game with someone you care about, someone you love, and you share that together, it's already won for the record books for you.